welcome back to Chemical FM. This week, we're joined by Nathan Stuck, business guru in the world of B Corp. Join with us as we discuss how to become a B Corp and how B Corp is changing work culture and the world. I would like to welcome you, Nathan, for being on here with us. We really appreciate you stepping in. It's been, we saw you in person back in October of 21, uh, where we all got to hang out and do, I guess, what you would call not normal company things. (laughs) Um, But that was a really fun time that we all got to spend together. And that was the first time that I got to meet you and kind of learn about B Corp. So to get started, I would like to hear about your journey with B Corp and your career journey and how you got there. Um, yeah, no, and just to go back, yeah, not normal company things, but like that to me is like inspiring. What what I love about the B Corp community because there is an element of you go through your career and and I guess this will segue into my answer, but you go through your career and you pick up things that that you like and that you don't like, you know, and as, as I've gotten older and, and more seasoned and I just took the leap into full-time, you know, entrepreneurship. Um, it's, it's fun. Cause you're always like, well, if you don't like the way we do it, it's like, you know, like if you don't like the way we do it, like go start your own thing. You're like, fine, I will. Um, <laughs> so, but like, you know, seeing Brandon be authentically Brandon and Hilton head was like inspiring to me to like, you, you can you can be you and run a company and you just find the right type of person who appreciates the authentic you and and sees your vision and 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 wants to follow you and you know wants to be a part of that so um yeah so I got into the B Corp movement what was that now six years ago um when I was doing my MBA at UGA um, which I don't know if you're going to use video, but you can see my UGA wall behind me right now. <laughs> For those not seeing my wall, there's a giant wall of UGA memorabilia. Um, but yeah, I did my undergrad here and then I was doing my MBA here. I don't want to say I was broken on capitalism when I got to UGA, but like 2013, I got laid off twice. Um, end of 2013, I, I went back to work for Enterprise just because I was kind of getting very desperate. And I have nothing bad to say, but I did five years for Enterprise when I lived out West and I learned more from that company. Like they don't do, I don't even know how many billions a year they're doing in revenue now, but you don't, you're not, you don't grow that successfully um, without being really good at KPIs and business and managing the numbers and all that. But at this point I was like selling used to the used cars, which is the one that I was like, <laughs> and there were just things sometimes where you're like, I just didn't, I didn't really get down with, with like, you know, like, uh, you know, two-year-old car and you get some person who really needs a car, but the credit isn't that good and they can't put that much money down and you can get them approved, but you're like, this is a terrible financial decision. Um, but your job is to go like make them, sell them on making a bad financial decision. And when in reality, they should save money, ride the bus for another year, um, save some more money, work on their credit and come back and see me in a year. Um Anyway, so I did that, and then I worked for another horrible, horrible, horrible company. I shouldn't say another because Enterprise isn't one. Um, but I worked for a horrible company after that with terrible bosses who told me that um, they weren't paying me for my ideas. They were paying me to execute their ideas, and I quit the next day. And then I was just kind of like, I don't know, figuring it out. So like when I went back in the NBA, I was driving an Uber, and I was working part-time at the convention center. Um, in Athens and realizing that like, oh, like this is what the rest, this is what the working class is. It's $8 an hour, no benefits, part-time, three part-time jobs. 
and and I was reading Capital in the 21st Century by Thomas Piketty. Um, you know, just all about the wage, you know, the gap, the growth and the gap between, you know, the 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 basically the rate of growth of capital, those who have money and how much the capital grows and the rate of just the overall economic growth and like this disparaging like wage gap um, and wealth gap that was growing and basically historically what happens when that happens. And so, of course, where do you go? I go get an MBA. <laughs> go right back into the business school. When you're burned out on capitalism, get an MBA. And so, yeah, and all of a sudden, January of 16, I sat down for a project with my, which is still weird to call him my former boss, because I ended up working for Jeff and Ad Victorium um, until a couple of weeks ago. So I went to work for them after with the MBA. But I always joke that, like, I started working for him on that project to certify them as a B Corp. And I was like, this is the capitalism that I've been missing. It's, you know, stakeholder capitalism it's not just shareholder like make money over all else like yeah but you have to make money i fully got that i'm an mba like you, i know how to like it's important because i have to give you a raise and you want a bonus and i have to pay for your benefits and you want to make a competitive salary and you need time off that i need to pay for and like <laughs> so i get the whole like we do need to make money but like how can we make money and care about our people and care about our community and invest in our people and invest in our community and care about the planet and all these things aligning in a for-profit business was like mind-blowing to me so i was hooked like that was it like and then um was it 2018 i I started working for them before i even graduated in 2017 full-time and uh like oh you know and i and it's funny because i talked about enterprise and all the stuff i learned i started as director of operations and um and and so it was um everything that i learned managing an enterprise branch all the kpis all the managing i translated so much stuff into it consulting of like these are our kpis this is what we're going to hit these are the important numbers and revenue will follow and profitability will follow and so i took all that and i ran operations and was kind of doing b corp stuff in my my spare time and then in my other spare time which i'll call hours 71 through 80 I started B local Georgia and then that kind of started me on this trajectory where like just being the B Corp guy, um, Jeff Hillemeyer had me on his podcast, call me Mr. B Corp Georgia. Like it just kind of grew into my identity and, you know, we were chatting offline before this about LinkedIn and like, I post a lot about B Corps. And so then I became like this de facto expert in the state. And then all of a sudden UGA is asking me to teach the B Corp class at the university of Georgia um, so, which, you know, we'd kind of informally done projects, but we didn't have a class. And so they asked me to do that. And then early 2021, somebody asked me to like help them. Like, can I pay you to, to help me with the B Corp stuff? And I was like, um, yeah. And then you find yourself, you know, on a search engine typing in like how to file an LLC and what's an employee identification number. And so it just kind of took off from there. And then it was funny. I was working with that first client and that's when, um, Scott Sadler, who ended up helping with the 401k for Ecolink, yeah. then reached out to me and said, I've got somebody you need to talk to really interested in B Corp. So that brings it all full circle. It does, because it moves on to the next question of how do you, like, what is the process of becoming a B Corp? Yeah. And I mean, I guess we should probably even back up for some of the 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 listeners who probably are like, so like, what the hell is a B Corp? Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always I always can I can slam dunk it now in one simple sentence, which is um B Corps are to businesses as lead is to a building. Um, 
but you're certifying every aspect of the goodness of your business. So how, you know, transparent are you? What's, what's the corporate governance look like? Um, workers, so benefits, pay multiplier from top to bottom, um, you know, time off, parental leave, things like that. Uh, community impact. So how, you know, what are you doing in the community as far as, you know, pro bono work, uh, volunteer time, uh, monetary contributions, those types of things. DEI is in the community section. And then there's the environmental section, which is just a lot of, you know, what is our, you know, like, are we measuring like our footprint? Do we even know what we're putting out in the world? Like, are we thinking about that as a KPI? So we start to look at travel. We start to look at, you know, even if we have to travel, where are we staying? How are we getting there? What kind of rental cars are we approving? Um, you know, it's funny. I, I used to go back and forth at Advic where people would, would, our PEO would always want us to put, they would change the handbook to uh, must rent the cheapest rental car when traveling. And I'm like, no, that is not our policy. Our policy is the most fuel efficient vehicle. <laughs> Sometimes it might be the cheapest, but no, like it's, it's fuel efficient, not cheapest, but to corporate America, they're like, that doesn't make sense. It's the cheapest. And you're like, no, it isn't. Um, but those little types of things of being intentional. Um, and then the last section is customers. So how transparent are you? And, things like that. So it's those five sections, governance, workers, community, environment, and customers that um, kind of go into the assessment. And then you have to get a, a score of 80. So you have to answer a bunch of questions. It's very, I don't want to say complicated or tedious because now I've done so many of them that it really isn't. It's just that every situation is unique. So every client I work with is unique um, in, in their line of business and their, you know, their philosophies, their strategy, their structure. So, but yeah, you go through that assessment and, and you get to a score of 80 and then you go through what we're going through right now, which is a, uh, well, after a, a lengthy wait, which I wish was shorter, um, just cause there's so much demand to certify right now that the queue just, just kind of keeps growing and growing. And, you get to the point where you, then you get on an actual, you have to upload a bunch of documentation to verify everything you answered. And then you get on, you know, a review call, I call them audits. Um, and they go through, basically go through your assessment and go like, what'd you answer that one for? Prove it, you know, like those yeah. types of things. And you kind of do the song and dance with B-Lab, which is the, the nonprofit certifying organization. And then uh, you either get a thumbs up or, a, or a, you know, a, hey, work on this. And it's a very... It's yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a process that I always joke that you hate it when you're going through it just cause you're like, Oh, come on. But on the <laughs> other side, you love that there's a, there's a gate that there's a series, like there's no greenwashing involved. Like if any, you ever meet, a, I'm, I will never claim that any B Corp is, Oh, this is a perfect company. But what I will say is they really wanted it. Like, this isn't something that you're just like, Oh, we'll get that. It'll be sweet window dressing. Like you have to work pretty hard to get B Corp certified. And that's kind of the differentiator between it and a lot of other, you know, fill out a form and go like, we intend to do great in the world. And like, oh, cool. Put this logo on your website. And it's like, you know, at what point does that not become valuable? Yeah. Um, so then because of that, like you were talking about the lengthy process, is that, would you say one of the main objections to some companies going through the process or what other reasons have you seen that people don't want to become B Corp or just for transparency purposes? Um. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say the length is a big blocker. I try to be very upfront and let people know. So they, you know, cause you'll meet people that are like, I want to be, have be done, you know, what are we now? August. I want to be done by our end of the year meeting in, in November. And you're like, not going to happen. Like I want them to make sure they, you, know, you don't want to like over promise and you're like, Oh no, you're going to sit in this queue for a while. Um, 
I think the biggest objections um, I usually get, or maybe I failed in my sales process, but uh, I'll I'll hear that I don't see the value in it. Kind yeah. of the we're already doing good. Why do we need this? Which which I can. I can because of exactly what I just said. And nowadays, everybody has a CSR commitment. Everybody, Kia has a commercial with an SUV driving down a beach, collecting, you know, dragging a bin behind it, picking up trash. And then he sits on the beach and watches the turtles come in. And then it says Kia, you know, like, and yeah. when you're watching it, you're like, great ad, man. Kia really cares about the environment. You're like, wait a second, that's an SUV that gets like 17 miles a gallon driving yeah. down a beach. What? How, what? Um, so everybody has this and it's like, how do you, how do you break through that clutter? That's mm-hmm. kind of my, my response to the, the ROI or the, um, the, why do we need this? Um, I think it's a great differentiator, both for employee recruiting and retention, but also customer acquisition and customer lifetime value. Um, and then the other big objection I'll hear, it's more so the, the, some of the legal stuff where companies kind of go like, I really don't want to have to do anything because you legally to meet the legal requirements of B lab, you have to, if you're an LLC, you have to amend your articles of incorporation. Yeah. And if you're an S corp or a C corp, you have to um, change to a public benefit corporation, which is taxed a lot like a C corp. So for C corp, it's, it's a much, I don't want to say easier lift. You have to get a lawyer involved. You have to file some stuff with the secretary of state, but it's, it's a lot easier. S corp is a little bit more complicated just from Mm -hmm. a tax standpoint, but it's funny because Ecolink was an S corp. And I'm like, I remember having that conversation with Brandon and being like, Oh God, this is probably probably where the deal dies. And uh, he's like, and he was like, we haven't looked at our articles of incorporation in like 30 years. So get me in touch with your, with your lawyer friend. And there's a B Corp attorney in Chattanooga. Oh my and gosh. so I just kind of went, here you go. And next thing I know, they're, you know, kind of refiling. And I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think, I thought that would be a deal breaker, but Brandon was so set on this that he was like, nope, let's do it. No, And so then that kind of like builds, or I'm kind of backing up a little bit, but we were talking about how sometimes you get to the end and then they're like, no. So like, what are reasons for being denied and can they remedy that and do they have to go back through that whole process again or can they just like skip to finish and resubmit like what they messed up of sorts um yeah usually there's some wiggle room there i think the technical answer from b lab is if you don't get it you kind of have to start over in the process but but usually there's ways to you know because you go through it and and Usually what I'll do before we get to the audit is also, especially now that it takes as long as it does, when it took two or three months, it was like, okay, let's go back and, you know, add some policies. But usually you can say like, hey, I'm going to send you over a new policy we're drafting and putting in the handbook for this question that we answered a certain way. Um, Or, hey, you know what, we didn't do, we didn't buy carbon offsets, but we need another point or whatever for, you know, so we're going to go ahead and, um go uh, carbon neutral and things like that, you know, like, so usually there's a way I, I will try to brainstorm to find some extra potential points before the review call, just in case. So while we're on the call with the, you know, the employee from B lab, I can kind of say, Hey, we, you know, we have this other stuff identified or, Hey, since we, you know, especially in the last year, like one of my clients were getting ready and I'm like, you know, since they worked with a consultant, you know, that I'm not just a box checker. I want to help them strategically change and make process improvements and um, make the business better. 
it's like, oh, in the last year, they ate all the dog food I gave them. And, you know, here are all these things that they have now changed and all these policies that they've now implemented. And so questions that we answered, you know, like not applicable or no, we don't do this. Now it's like, oh, no, we do have all of that. Yeah. So um, so usually we go in ready with uh, some extra points just in case. Here's some uh, brownie points, extra brownie points. Yeah, just in <laughs> case all of a sudden they're like, now you're at a 79.8. Okay, but wait, let's go review these four. So. so after a company becomes approved, what would you say is the biggest change a company sees after becoming B Corp certified? Um, all depends on the level of effort. Um you know, I think, I think there's been, I think people, I don't want to say people, cause I don't know who these people would be consultants. I don't know. Um, there's been a lot of growth in the consulting space. And so I think, I think there's some people out there that can help you check the boxes really well, but I don't think there's people, there's, there's, there's fewer, um, that are thinking more along the lines of like, you know, actual, like, how do we improve the business? And then on the back end, what's our, you know, what's almost like phase two of this engagement? Like, what does the ROI piece look like? Cause I know when we first certified, we, I said, I did it again. Um, it's weird. I never worked anywhere that long. When Advic first certified, one of the things we looked around after the fact and we're like, okay, like high fives, you know, it was like the CEO, the CFO and me that knew we were doing this. So yeah. like you get there and you're like, what do we do with it? Like, you know, like, <laughs> okay, let's put a logo on our door. Um, let's add a logo to our email signature. And after that, you're like, I don't really know. And so, you know, and I luckily had a really good mentor who was like, just go get involved. You'll figure it out. And so I started going to conferences and I went back and I went to Amsterdam and went to the V summit, um, thinking it was a global summit. It was European. Um, <laughs> I had a blast. I met a lot of cool German companies, brushed up on my German a little bit, had fun in Amsterdam, um, but did realize really quickly I'd met my tribe, um, some really inspiring people, and then started to figure out how to get involved. But yeah, I mean, it, it's very intentional. I think once you get it of, it's not just like, hey, we're a B Corp, do business with us, but I think it creates a lot of cool marketing opportunities. Yeah. If you can find a good way to bring it into your brand and how you talk about yourself and you know, you can do features on the different components. You can talk about, you could do a blog series about the improvements we made to the business as we went through this process that can both A, let people know that like, okay, we're a B Corp and B, remind people what you do, bring it back to the brand, bring it back to the business, bring it back to what we're selling our services, or in the case of employees, you know, bring it in. Like, I mean, for Ecolink, you talk about the retirement plan and the yeah. things like well above and beyond what most companies are doing for their employees um, and probably better than any sort of retirement plan I've ever seen at any, even the big companies I work for, you know, with the full 6% match and all yeah. that, like, you know, that, that most fortune 500s aren't even doing. So bringing that in, and then you get to that point where like, now it's like, you know, when we want to do our internship program, people want to come and check this out, even highlighting, you know, CEO and the why and kind of getting, them front and center. Um, I think I think there's a there's a really creative way to do the ROI. It's I would say it's hard to track because you know it's like how do you attribute like okay I mean I guess you could do sales pre and post but if you're doing something else like maybe it was just a marketing campaign maybe it was we did a sale maybe we yeah. did you know it's hard to fully like say like oh you can see like a six to ten percent ROI on the like 
I mean, you're doing it because it's the right thing to do, but I also think it creates a lot of ancillary ROI that is hard to track, but your gut goes like, okay, this is why. Like we we used to joke at Advic that they're, you know, we don't get the sale, but we get the meeting. Yeah. People are just interested in like, what's this Beakware thing? So yeah, I, I think that's it. You have to, but you have to be intentional. You can't just slap the logo on your website and expect people. I mean, there's five thousand around the world now, but it still doesn't mean that everybody knows what it means. I mean, even we did a new hire survey right before I left, um, and everybody talked about B Corp being a reason they wanted to come work for us. And then I was doing their onboarding, and they were like, "I'm like, who know? Like, what's okay? Who knows what a B Corp is?" And like, nobody knew. And then we get the survey results back, and everybody was so excited about B Corp. But like, when I asked them, it was like, I think the best answer I got, which wasn't a very good one, um, was means we volunteer a lot. I'm like, mm, kind of, that's one <laughs> tiny component. Um, I try. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it was fun, but, but they, they recognized the the logo and the brand and they understood it. And we did a good job of talking about it during the recruiting cycle without, you know, overselling it. So what advice would you give to companies who are hesitant to become B Corp? I think, honestly, I think you're missing a really good opportunity right now. Um, I think it's still very much so in its infancy. I don't know how many companies there are around the world, but there's a lot more than 5,000. Um, you know, in the state of Georgia, we have 20. Yeah, check the directory. I don't know. I'm waiting for one company to pay their dues so that it can be official. So let's just say 22 um, B Corps. But I think, you know, when I'm teaching my class at UGA and now Emory is teaching a B Corp class and, you know, there were a bunch of people from Georgia Tech that were at our event last week in Avondale States and like, you know, this thing's kind of catching on everywhere and like the students in the career and I'm on the board of be academics. So there's a whole nonprofit board around this curriculum in schools and the research that's happening. And like Gen Z is not going away and Gen Z has their values and their priorities and um, they want something that gives them a little more purpose versus, you know, I think I think millennials, we didn't find our voice until Gen Z showed up. And, you know, now we kind of have to be the voice of reason where we're like, no, Gen Z, you can't burn it all down. Um, <laughs> but also, hey, let's like rebuild this better together. But I mean, you're seeing it with the great resignation or the whatever, you know, after a while it gets overused and you're like, I hate that term. Yeah. Um, but you're seeing it. And like, even like I heard somebody the other day when I was out in Boise, re- refer to it as the great migration of people to, to, to better jobs, um, jobs with purpose, jobs that pay better, jobs with better benefits, and like all these things that kind of go back to being a B Corp. So um, I would also say too, like even if you're just like hell bent on like, well, you know, like I mean, or maybe it is, it's it's an S Corp thing and it's not of interest to really change that, or it's a super complicated legal structure and it's just gonna you can still take the assessment, it is free. And use that assessment as, I mean, there is a um, a project that's going to be um, at Emory this year, and they've been, they use the assessment to create their KPIs. And it was like two or three years ago. And they're finally now kind of looking at like, okay, maybe it's fi- finally time we certify. <laughs> but that's how they, that's how they, they monitor like what kind of a corporate citizen they are is they use this assessment. And I think that's super cool. Like, even if you're not going to certify the assessments free, go through and take, like, how do you know where you're at if you're not measuring a lot of yeah. these like unless you can tell me that you've gone through but even the little things like you know the intentionality of like making sure that there's like a lactation break policy in your handbook like i don't know i mean 
if you're hiring a young woman that maybe just graduated from college and thinking like maybe in a couple of years, I want to start a family and you look through the handbook and you're like, what kind of company is, you know what I mean? Like you're starting, like it's, it's those types of things that you don't normally think about. Like, yeah, of course we would let them take, you know, they need to pump go. But like, (laughs) if you don't see that, you're kind of like, well, maybe I can't. And, you know, especially you have to put yourself in the shoes of somebody earlier in their career of like, if, if it's not in the handbook, you assume that you probably can't do it. You you know what I mean? So it's Mm -hmm. like, they're not going to go like, ah, the company probably let me do it. So like just some of those little things of like different policies and handbooks and different, you know, what are you sharing? You know, what are you committing to sharing internally? And like, do you share revenue numbers? Do you help your employees understand how we make money? Um, What our margins are like those types of things of like helping them understand how the business runs, which I mean, Gen Z and millennials alike, both, like we'll do whatever you ask us to do. We just need to understand the why. I think you go through this and you get into a lot more intentionality around that kind of stuff. So yeah, even if you're not going to do it, I would say, take the, take the assessment and see where you're at. And then, you know, talk to your marketing team about the value, bring in some other. And I would also say, talk externally with other B Corps around the value of doing this, that a, yeah, it's the right thing to do, but B it's a really, really cool differentiator as a business. So yeah do it try it at least take a stab at it see where you're at yep if you don't try then you'll never know (laughs) yeah and i mean you won't and you won't improve there were a lot of eye-opening moments i mean both times i went through it at advic and even working with clients now is the fun part of like we got to one question it wasn't worth a ton of points but one of my first clients was like hey you know i think it was around like a dei a pay audit and you know those aren't cheap and they were like, let's do it. I don't know. I don't know if I have blind spots. Like, I honestly don't know. So connect me with, with your person that can do those and let's, let's rock and roll. And so, um, but you expect them to be like, ah, eh, it's not worth that many points. And it's going to cost me some extra money. Like, nah, we're not going to do it. And then you see like the light bulb go off. Like, well, why am I doing this in the first place? Like, yeah, I want to do a DEI. Yeah. I want to do a pay audit. I don't know. What if I have blinders? What if I am, what if I am one of those people that thinks I'm super progressive and I run my business and I'm gender equality. And then I realize I pay my women less like, Oh God. And you see almost like the panic and like, yeah, yeah let's do it. So that, that those are the types of things I think that, that go under the radar. And then you can figure out if you've got a good marketing team, you can figure out how to talk about it in a way that, that, spotlight some of the good work without necessarily being me, 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 me. That's very fair. So to come like full circle, going back to the beginning and we were kind of talking about our quote unquote unconventional team. How has your experience with the Ecolink team been with the B Corp certification process and working with a smaller group of people, a small but mighty team? Um, I think it's been really cool because, you know, and, 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 getting to know Brandon um it, it's he, I mean he is just very B Corp like he is very you know and everybody I've worked with in this community but like just the seeing the the things he's done with the business and I know part of it was related to him purchasing it and figuring out like what is it going to be what's my legacy going to be um that he thinks very deeply on these things but I mean, again, the the retirement plan, I was sitting there in Hilton Head with y'all and and I did my little presentation and then Scott Sadler, who Boardwalk Capital Management's B Corp, um, and he and Brandon have known each other for a while and and Scott's rolling, walking y'all through the, and and it's funny too, because 
ego link some of the team is like fairly young or it's first job and i'm like y'all have no idea this is this is my first like full-time out of college job so and i think i was telling nate that i was just like dude you have no idea what that (laughs) retirement like a six percent match regardless if you contribute anything i'm like well it's not even a match she's just putting money in a retirement account for you like nobody does that like nobody um so seeing some of the improvements he made and what he wanted this business to be um under his leadership it was was that's been the coolest part of seeing some of the improvements he's made and the things are like yeah let's do that um that i keep seeing as i work with clients where i'm like yeah let's do that yeah let's and i you go in kind of like like almost like uh you know in hockey they joke you put like foil under your gloves so you can punch harder you know like yeah. under your- under your tape and it's like like you go into some of these conversations like putting the foil on like all right let me just be prepared for a little fisticuffs here because i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to i might have to battle to get this through and all of a sudden it's like yeah we should do that and you're like oh i I guess i guess i didn't need all the the foil i guess we're not fighting today so i think i think that's been the cool part with brandon is just getting to know him as a person and his philosophies and you know he's always he's always there's a there's a an acknowledgement that he doesn't know everything, which, which is sometimes rare that, you know, the hubris to, to acknowledge that like, you know, there's books out there of people who know more of me that have done more than me. And um, you know, what else, what else do I not know? And then even going to, you know, some of the, you know, networking events, I'll see him like taking notes during the panel where like, I think most people are just sitting there listening and he's taking away nuggets of wisdom. So yeah. And then meeting the team, which is cool where you're just like, I don't know. It was just a very fun time. And, and I don't know the, some of the flexibility. I mean, even Brandon's philosophies are like, wow, how do I get to a four day work week? And how do I let my people just work from anywhere? I just bought the book, let my people go surfing mm-hmm. um, by the, the founder of Patagonia. And I feel like, I think Brandon might've recommended it to me. I know it's big in the B Corp space anyway, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's just one of those things where I'm, I'm kind of blown away sometimes with his, um desire to make the company better and to to put stakeholders first of how do i serve my customers better how do i take better care of my people um, it's it's surprising how much one day like off of your work week feels like it gives back to your life like it's it's really kind of creepy to have a 3 day work week or a 3 day weekend all the time so it's just kind of like as a 23 year old, it's a really good selling point because you're it's still at a point in your life where you want to go see your friends and visit people because they're all over the country before everybody starts getting married and having kids. And it's like Brandon's always been so encouraging of like, go visit people. He's like, you're going to take a trip this year. And I'm like, I, maybe probably he's like, go take it, you know, like enjoy your PTO. Like, <laughs> you know, he's very encouraging of, a, of the young people on his team to like go try new things and visit places. And it's something that I heard from friends that they don't get at their own workplaces. So I know I it's, it's eye opening to see like how good we have it here. Honestly, <laughs> my first job, I didn't, I got one week of vacation after one year of service. <laughs> like, Oh, cool. Like it's work an entire year. <laughs> wow. That is a terrible benefit. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think you start, but you start to see, um those companies i don't want to say you just you're going to eventually have a brain drain like you have to figure out a way to run a profitable business that allows your people like you know like 
and I hate to say like dinosaurs, but I think there's there's an element of people that like nobody cares that your job sucked in the 80s, that your first job was terrible. So their first job has to be terrible. It's like hazing in a fraternity. I never got it. Like, why? What was it? What, why do they have to just because you went through something terrible? Why? Why do what if it was so terrible? Why would you want somebody else to go through it? Like, you know, like I'm, I used to have to fight sometimes if we had somebody used to always say, uh, um, I remember my first part-time job and it's like after a week where you worked 70 hours, you're like that's a lot. I just want a gold star and a thank you. <laughs> you don't, don't make a joke about how like 70 hours isn't a long week. I don't get, I don't care. Oh, so you used <laughs> to work until your knuckles, but nobody <laughs> wants to like that. That's terrible. I'm sorry you had to go through that, but um, yeah, I think that's, it's an interesting uh, element. So of like encouraging the, the work-life balance at work is a necessary thing that we have to do, but it doesn't need to define us and it doesn't need to make life miserable. No, that is fair. And we enjoyed spending time with you and getting to know more about B Corp and having all that time together. And we hope we get to do it again. Eventually we're in Atlanta every once in a while. So we'll have to all meet up again and share wisdom, get more nuggets of wisdom around the table. (laughs) Well, now that uh, I will say there is something cool about now that I'm full-time entrepreneur of like, I don't, you know, when I want to take whatever I want to do, I can kind of do it as long as my work gets done, which I I had a lot of flexibility that Vic. Um, But like, you know, yeah, whenever you guys come to Atlanta, let me know because I uh, can make my own schedule. I I have to clear it with the, I have to clear it with the boss, but uh, oh no, my boss says it's okay. Um, (laughs) So yeah, we can, we can make that happen. Yeah, very much so. Well, I appreciate you coming on here with us today and talking about B Corp and hopefully our application process keeps moving down that moving down the tube. <laughs> we're getting close. We're getting close. Now that Brandon's back from sabbatical, we'll uh, we're going to get some time on the calendar and kind of make sure we've got all the ducks in the row because you also go like almost like, you know, nine months or however long it's been since we submitted. And you're like, well, where are we? Where, you know, like I find the Google Drive, like all those things of like. <laughs> You know, all the things that were so fresh in your mind as you're going through it every day, and then you kind of don't touch it for a really long time. And now it's like, okay, let's regroup and put some time in the calendar and actually sit down and kind of go back through this thing again. So when we get to the call, we're ready to go. Well, we're very excited. I'm very excited. It's a, you know, I'm a Gen Z, so I'm excited to have more purpose in my life for doing good for the earth because that's big for me and my generation. So, yeah. You can get rid of those down with those Kia commercials. Sorry, <laughs> Kia, but do better. Tune in next time as we talk with more game changers in the industry and in the world. Chemical FM. Remix, replay, and renew your chemical solutions with Chemical FM. Building the perfect solution playlist for your business's needs. Mm-hmm.